Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the watch book, a podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Daddy, how are you? Daddy's here. I'm back. Not solo this time. Not solo. I have to say, we. I tried to talk you out of doing that because I could not imagine doing even a, a five-minute monologue to share with the people by myself, and you killed it. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> going, going into it, I was like, this is going to be 10 minutes long, and everyone's going to be like, why they even bother? I was surprised that I was able to talk that long. You, you went like 45 minutes, right? Uh, a little under 40, I think. Okay. Like 37 or something. Yeah, that was, was awesome. It was well, it. well done. Uh, and we needed it because we were both in a way. That's right. Yeah. We were sick. We were sick. Um, well, in any event, welcome back. Glad to have you back on the yeah. board. Glad to have you back on the show with when we're here. It's nice to have everyone together. We don't get together often enough. I yeah, the think. gang's all back together. We've actually never met Will in person, any of us. He does it on purpose, I think. Um, yeah. He, uh, you, you know, we met Will recording an episode of this podcast. And, and at the time, at the time, none of us really anticipated that we were going to, that we were going to have a website together and a show. And that three years later, we'd have this happy marriage. It works for me, though. Yeah, it works for me. Is is it okay if uh, you ask me how I'm doing, Everett? How are you? I'm fine. I'm a little, you know, as usual. I'm a little grumpy uh, that you've you've chosen Will to to be your good friend, but that's okay. Uh, no, I'm great. Uh, everything's sort of back to normal, meaning I'm super behind at work and don't have time to do anything at all. So, but I'm doing really well. Andrew, how are you? I'm super good. The World Athletic Championships are in town currently. So with that, it means that there's big crowds. There's a lot of excitement. And through Sam's work, I got to go to a session of the World Athletic Championships. So last night I got to go see women's discus, the women's triple jump finals, the men's 3000 steeplechase final. Mm, That was a good race. That was a great race. Uh, men's high jump finals, women's 3,000 finals, and one of the Tathalons. Heptathlon. Was it the Hep, Hep. Hep finished last night? Yeah. So they, I got to watch the 800-meter final race, and it was so cool. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I've never been anti or pro track and field events. They, I've just been always perfectly medium. This is the first large-scale event that I've ever been to. It's the first time I've been to Hayward since the renovation's been done. It was awesome. It, I loved every second of it. it. It's it's a totally different thing. Uh, actually, you guys at home don't know this, but Will, Editor-in-Chief Daddy Will, is actually a huge track and field fan. He never shuts up about it. I was going to say, <laughs> I actually got to watch my kids run around the house for an hour straight. So it's pretty much the same thing. Pretty much the same thing. And I'm sure they covered more than 3,000 meters. And it's far more, there's a lot more obstacles in your residence than a steeplechase. It's like a Spartan. It's like a Spartan I was throwing obstacles at them and making it more fun. It's a tough mutter if you include the backyard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, gentlemen, we're here. We've got a mission tonight. We're here. We're going to talk. We're here to talk about watches. 
As per usual. As per the usual. This is actually a topic. I I believe this is a topic of Will's creation. Mm-hmm. This is a, a Will proposal, so we're obligated to do it. We actually hated the fucking idea, but here we are because Will is the boss. Sometimes you do things when your boss tells you to do it. That's right. You just do them. You say, okay, we got it. And you don't complain about yeah. it. <laughs> we understand the assignment. We won't complain. Here we are. Uh, but what, what we've done here, well, actually, why don't you, Will? You can do the honors. Yeah, so we're going to talk about watches, but we're going to talk about some watches <laughs> because there are stipulations to this topic. So everybody goes on about a one-watch collection, two-watch collection, et cetera, et cetera. So we decided to go with a two-watch collection, but why, why not just make it a boring two-watch collection? Let's make it a little interesting. So what we did is you can have two watches up to $10,000 each, so $20,000 total, but you can't exceed 10000 for one watch. And it cannot be an Omega, a Seiko, a Rolex, or their main subsidiaries, which would be Tudor and Grand Seiko. So taking all the super popular stuff off the table to keep us a little more creative. Wait, we can't do Tudor or Grand Seiko? Nope. <laughs> I, I need a minute. Too bad, Andrew. Back to the drawing board. Yeah, I, and I think this is a different exercise than I've ever really... I mean, this is beyond any sort of two or three watch Andrew and I have mm-hmm. ever done. I mean, this is really... At this level, you start to get into, you know, dream watches, perhaps a little bit mm-hmm. at that. But at also that. not. This is a in, in the five to fifteen thousand dollar price range is really interesting. Yeah, because there's there's a lot, but like the for me at least, like the real dream watches, the super unobtainium, those start above like fifteen thousand dollars. There's there's a bit of a I think a gap when you start thinking like you, you have your, your normal tier luxury watches in the, in the five to $15,000 range, but then you've got your next level shit and they've got some stuff in like eight to 10. Yeah. But a lot of that next level shit really starts in like the 16, 18 zone. I was finding a lot of stuff that I was kind of interested in at the 10 to 12 range, C- certainly yeah. retail um, yeah. that to get under 10, it was a little tricky. So we did have we did stipulate that we're talking street value. So if you can find a retailer that will sell it, um, that that place. So some of these watches may regularly be more expensive mm-hmm. if you buy them from the manufacturer or if you buy them from, you know, at a at a boutique or a gallery, they may be ex- more expensive. But the stipulation was you have to be able to get these for under ten grand. So and it and it has to be actually available. Yeah. So not a not a discontinued watch. Right. That's right. So current be able to buy, be able to buy it new at somewhere, not just like new in box occasionally on eBay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I I went. I think we talked about this when I was looking at it. I didn't look up what watches can I get for ten. Is I just picked my watches and saw if they fit into that category. Locked and I was in. I was happy to say that. Uh, I'll talk about the one, the first one that I picked and had to actually go down a little bit because I stayed in the family, but I had to remove a complication to stay in the budget. Well, land it. Let's start. So we're going to do, usually we go round table and we do like our draft picks. But for this exercise, we all agreed that it made more sense for each of us to talk about our pairing of watches. 
So, Will, let's hear it. What you got? All right. So get closer. Get closer. I'm going to say what I started with and then what complication I had to remove. Um, but I'm, I'm happy with what I landed on. <laughs> you removed a complication. I like that. I have about nine watches yeah. I'm going to discuss. So talk about what you need. Keep your damn small seconds. <laughs> um, so, so I was going to go with the Polaris chronograph, but that was a little expensive. So down, I don't know if I want to call it a downgrade. I went down, removed the complication, to the Polaris Automatic, which is the three-hander yeah. um, that's got the dual crowns. So it's in, internal, rotating bezel, compressor style, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I went with the, the blue dial. So that's reference number for the people who want to look it up. Q9008180. It's that rad I love that watch. electric blue, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I tried on the black one. Uh, man, like four or five years ago and just absolutely loved it. And if money was no object, I would go out and buy that chronograph today. Um, but I still love the, the three hand automatic. I think it's such a cool, I don't know if you call it a dive watch. I mean, it is, Yeah, it's a. I think it's only got a hundred meters of water. It's not, not whatever, but it's not is. Yeah. 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 But it's, it, it's a very good sport watch. Um, that I think you could probably put with just about anything and look cool doing it. And it'll, it'll pair well with what my second pick is to fit into the, we can get in to any occasion type. Well, thing. well, before you move on, let's talk a little bit about the JLC. Cause I think actually this watch kind of puts a point on what you can get at $10,000, right? So mm-hmm. first we've got, yep. we've got Jaeger LaCultra, which is, you, you, you know, this is they're a player, right? This is here's the problem though. Mm-hmm. At ten thousand, you're not getting it on a bracelet. Yours is yes, you yours are. is what ninety two, no bracelet. It is, it is eighty two hundred dollars on the bracelet. Eighty two on a bracelet. All right, yes sir. And, and you, you're getting you're getting pedigree like Haute Horology pedigree. Your yep. this watch is not maybe Haute Horology, but that's you know. But it's within the family. It's close. Yeah. It's close. That, yeah. You're, you're getting a, a killer movement. Which movement does this watch have in it? You have to remind uh, me. It has. This was briefly on yeah, my list. On. It was on my list, too. Uh, they don't have the they name of their movement. You. Oh, movement. the 898. They just go automatic winding components 195. JLC yeah. caliber 898. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. So it, And it's a good looking movement, too. It is. In-house, super sexy, semi-skeletonized, sort of see-through rotor, hand-finishing, full deal yep. deal. It's a cool uh, cutout in the rotor. Yeah. Like a, it, it, I, yeah. I, I like that also they keep it pretty thin. It's a, about 11 millimeters. And even with the exhibition case back, it's not a it's not a 13 millimeter watch. You know, and it's 41 millimeters wide for those who don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's perfect for every day um little you know it's gonna i think it's gonna carry some significant wrist presence at at 41 because it's a lot of dial Mm -hmm. because of that internal bezel but uh, those numerals they're so good yeah i I really like love them i really like the so this is the one with the memovox logo at the top right no no this has this has the jlc logo craig right yeah this is this is the no date Will doesn't like dates. 
Yeah, he's he's anti. Uh, dates or no dates, I can take it or leave it on just about any watch. Yeah. Doesn't bother me either way. Yeah. This is the 8180 reference. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they asked me for their feedback, for my feedback on their website experience. Thanks, JLC. Oh, look at that. <laughs> 11.2 thickness, hey, though. Even can... at 41, this is going to have wrist presence, but it's still going to be really sleek. Yep. It's going to slip under the cuff. Yeah. <laughs> so or what you can are you wear it atop pa- your cuff. What are you going to pair this with, Will? All right, so... I was originally going to go with the the black dial Polaris, but then I was like, nah. Based on my second pick, I was like, I need to go blue. Got to have some some color. And you guys know about blue dials, right? We do. Got to have blue dials. You like blue. It's pretty okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's blue. So for my second pick, um, I can't can't live life without a chronograph. So I'm going with the Zenith Chronomaster Original on the bracelet. So get ready for the reference number. Here it comes. 03.3200.3600 slash 21.m3200. So this is the El Premier original, um, or sorry, Chronomaster original with the El Premier movement. Um, It's the black dial that has the tannish loom on it, Mm -hmm. which you guys know me. I'm not, I'm not a big aged loom fan, but for whatever reason, I feel like it works with this watch. I'm not sure if it's the like the fonts and everything that they chose, but the whole thing just looks like someone lifted a watch from the 70s and made it brand new today. Um, yeah, with age. I, I think it's because yeah, the age loom is really subtle. It's it's just gently aged. It's not like this yeah. brown nonsense age loom. It's also pretty small loom plots and. This is a, also what it is. a watch that was on my on and off my list over the last couple of weeks planning for this. Yeah, yeah. And it I think that's what it is, is that the the loom plots are pretty small and the three and the nine and the six are not there at all. Yeah. So um, you know, they're not there. But the best thing about this watch is that it's thirty eight millimeters. Mm-hmm. So I mean for a chronograph with that movement. It, at 38 millimeters and it is i think it's like 13 thick and that includes the the crystal i think so that's pretty solid yeah and it, it's got that cool el Premiero movement where the the chronograph hand uh ticks what is it 10 times a second mm-hmm. i think um i don't remember off the top of my head but and then it's got the uh the high peat the high beat movement uh for the the main timekeeping yeah it's just a great watch this this watch was it is this watch was on and off my list and and what removed it from my list was the 50 meters of water resistance yeah that's the only killer I, with it. when i was but filling that's, that's why i went yeah. with the jlc i got my water watch yeah but that was when when i was filling this void the void that i was looking to fill i needed more water resistance than this Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the pairing. We've got the JLC automatic, should be a chronograph, but isn't, which you rectified with the Zenith El Primero, which is not the El Primero, it's the Chronomaster, but it's the El Primero movement. Let's talk about the pairing. Yep. The, re- the real pairing here is that the Polaris has polished outside links on the bracelet and the Zenith has polished center links. So that's... 
That's really what it's all about right there. Perfect compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so if I could take one um, bracelet and put it on the other, it's like this is a perfect watch. Yeah, exactly. They might fit. You never know. Um, I would certainly try if I owned both these watches just to see what happens. Um, I don't think the finishing would match, but I, I think it's hard to go wrong with these two watches at, you know, any budget. I think even if you're shooting higher, if you said $20,000 per watch, I might still land on these two watches. Um, just cause I've always loved that. I've loved the Polaris family in general, but, um, I didn't know about the chronograph for a while. I always thought it was just that automatic, uh, with the one they call the automatic for the longest time. So that was my first love of the Polaris family. Um, and the, I mean, the Zenith, if you want all the cool stuff about watches, history, um, the movement that's inside it, you know, look, style, everything. I mean, that's got it. And I really love chronographs. And if I wasn't going to have my Speedmaster which, you know, we excluded from this list, this would definitely be it. Yeah, this is... I, I don't think I mentioned the price on it, but it's 9500 So and that's right at the top yeah, end of brand, our budget. Brand new from the website, too. So that's, you yep. can get that boutique experience for under ten grand. This is arguably the coolest yep. chronograph <clears throat> in existence. Well, yeah. I, I mean, in terms, of, in terms of automatic chronographs, yeah. it was along with Seiko right yeah. there at the beginning, right there at the beginning has continued to improve it without getting weird. Uh, yeah. I, I like what you've, yeah. And, and, and El Primero means the first, <laughs> which is arguable, uh, I, <laughs> Our, not the translation, the actual, you know, the name. I like what you've done with brands here. I think that these are two, you, you know, so so just a, a little bit of context. I'm not sure we've said this yet, but but one of the concepts here that was floated is these are like the exit watches, right? You're gonna you're gonna dump the collection. You got ten thousand per watch. Go get two watches today, and this is what you're stuck with. And I think in that context, this these are great watches, right? You're you're gonna you're gonna be able to do everything you need to do. Um, size on both of these is great. Uh, brands are great, and you're gonna quality's great. You're gonna be happy with them. That's right. That's that's what it comes down to, right? You don't want to just pick an expensive watch because it's an expensive watch. You want to pick something you're gonna like. And if I could walk away from anywhere with these two watches or one of them, I'd be a happy boy. Uh, well, and I think you nailed it in the like. I'm not looking for a ten thousand dollar watch. As one of the things that I found myself looking for is like, I need to spend more money. I'm leaving too much of this budget on the table. Yeah. You didn't leave much budget on the table. You left what, like 2000 on the table. Close to it. Yeah. Yeah, About 2000 on the table. So you like, you really stretched that budget, but without going to the, I need to find something that's 9,800 bucks. And I need to like, really, I just need to exploit the fact that we need to find a couple dollars, a couple watches that are as close to $10,000 without being so either of these are one watches. Yeah. Like these, these are, storied watches with like chops to them that are not just expensive watches. Cause, cause we could probably all find some like MVMT watch in the $9,000 range. I'm sure they exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, sh- I, I, I was, I was surprised that the, the Chrono Master was the price that it was because 
when I first clicked on to that family, the first thing that comes up is the sport, which is the one with the ceramic bezel <laughs> and the three different subdial colors. And that is over 10. And, and the next and one like, is a no. <laughs> the next one's like their boutique exclusive, which is like 43,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, made of, uh, know, maybe I shouldn't be looking at Chronomasters. <laughs> well, I, I think actually, Will, you've just presented a perfect segue for me. You've just presented a yep. perfect segue for me. Andrew, do you mind if we leave I, you to last? I, I'd like to go to last because I'm going to talk about a lot more watches than both of you. Okay. So my first watch, my first watch, and we picked these in the dark, right? We didn't bounce these off of each other. In fact, just now is the first time we've heard Will's watches, and this will be the first time that Will and Andrew have heard my watches, mm -hmm. but I shared mine because I was feeling really insecure with my choices. My first watch, my first watch is also by Zenith and it is also a Chronomaster and it is a Chronomaster Sport available today, right now on World of Luxury. Oh my gosh. For $9,900. So perfect. We we've talked about this watch, so but you chose the wrong one. You have to send me the link because I'm not going to search. I've for got this the the white dial, tricolor, black bezel, on a bracelet. So I will send Andrew a link. Uh, this is, I think, the Chronomaster Sport. Obviously, the black dial is yeah, that's the Chronomaster Sport it, it is in there too. But this, I really love this watch. Uh, for all the reasons that we've already just discussed, here here is my notes about this watch. Hold on real quick. I just need to say what this watch actually is. Okay. This is the watch for people that have taste. And I'm talking mm -hmm. to you, Daytona people. It's $11,000 on the website, so it's not a huge cheat. It's $9,900. i am sending you guys a link right I now. Know, but I'm saying from... I got the link. From Zenith directly it's eleven thousand dollars so here's here's my notes on this watch iconic movement right we've already kind of been over yeah. this but this is a totally absolutely high quality iconic movement thirty six thousand beats per minute it's also a completely modern sport chronograph and i say that not in compared to any other major players, but this is a watch that was released just a couple of years ago. All the finishing, all of the design, this is an evolution of, of one of the greatest chronographs of all time in a completely modern package. Mm -hmm. uh, 10 atmospheres of water resistance, great size, 41 millimeter case. Uh, Zenith DNA throughout, right? This watch is 100% a byproduct of Zenith's Zenith's uh, watchmaking chops. There were some there were some accusations when this came out that this was kind of a a Daytona clone, and I think from a top down view you can understand why people say that. I think it's a fair comparison to make. With that said, when you if if you get an opportunity to see this watch in person, or if you can even just play with it. Um, you can see that the really once you get past that top down, once you get any sort of angle on the case sides, or you look at it, you know from uh, the bottom for sure, mm -hmm. you, you can see that this watch is pure Zenith DNA. the The case profile in this thing does not look anything like a Rolex. 
Um, no, but it's a three mm-mm. subdial chronograph, which means it's a Daytona ripoff. Well, th- yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the comparisons <laughs> are, are more astute than that. However, they, they are, but but at large, how many three subdial configurations can you really come up with? So I love the date window on this. Yes. I love the tricolor registers. I love the exhibition case back with that beautiful, beautiful movement showing off. Um, yep. And, and and I really love everything about it. I will say I don't love the clasp. I like the bracelet. The clasp is clearly a, a Rolex knockoff. Like you, ju- It's just undeniable that it's a Rolex knockoff. That kind of bugs me. It's like, here's Zenith. Do, do your own clasp. We'll love it. Just make it not look like a, a you know, whatever the Rolex. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Their modern dive class. Glide lock. Glide lock. Yeah. They, they've, they've done a glide lock here. And that's disappointing to me. But other than that, I just think for 10000 bucks, if you can find this thing for 10000 bucks, and you can right now on World of Luxury, <coughs> do it. Do I mean, this... If, Why can't I find a picture of this clasp? You know, I don't know. I, I've seen a few reviews of this. Um, and the clasp... I mean, you, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's a Rolex clasp at, at a distance. It is one-to-one. Which is, you know... For for a company like Zenith, yeah. I, I think that's problematic. Yeah, they could do better. They do, should do better. Do better, Zenith. With that said, I still picked it. I think this for ten thousand bucks and right at ten thousand yeah. bucks, this this is the chronograph for me. I'm a chronograph boy, like Will. This is the one for me. I I uh both both our Zenith picks have four thirty date windows. However, I like mine a lot more than this one. You you like the date window on this on the original better than the one on the sport. Yeah, yeah. it's because it's tired the, of the register. Original, it's yeah, it's kind of. I think it's a little bit closer to, like the original Chrono Master, which that's fine. But I just like how it's, I don't know it. I like how it's cutting off part of the dial in a way. It doesn't feel like it's floating as much. It, it feels more deliberate when it cuts into the. To that chapter ring there, yeah. it yeah. the the one on the uh, on the sport on Everett's pick is wholly independent of that, and it feel it feels like it's floating. I think that was a good description. I think it's cool. I think it's more seventies. It just has that that cool like we're gonna throw this here, and because it's here, we need to create some space for it, and they like, cut into the minute track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I found the clasp. Yeah, that is. Definitely Rolex looking. <laughs> it it does not have glide lock though. I see micro adjust holes on the side. Yeah, well, so so kind of a bummer. It looks like a glide lock without the benefits without the of glide b- lock. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> yeah, you could probably throw a glide lock on there. I bet it would fit. You, you know, I will say one things. advantage to this over the Daytona, for instance, is you can buy it today. You can buy this. You can buy this watch. You don't have to get on a wait list. You can get a dope, best-in-class, super historically significant, top-of-the-line modern chronograph from a classic horology company today. It's really noteworthy, too, that in, in the three of us with having a, a pretty unlimited budget, I mean, a budget of $10,000 is the, the sky, all had this chronograph on our list at least, I mean, you two picked it, mm-hmm. and 
it was on and off for me several times when trying to work out a pairing. Yeah. That's noteworthy. That it, it, it's sort of right there at that. I, I'm sure that they do that deliberately. They understand the market and they understand where they should be. And just kind of the pinnacle. Of, it's funny because I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't think about Zenith when they're looking for a watch. You don't hear it come up in a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. It's because it's, it's funny that it's, we we all picked it. It's north of well, Omega and Tudor and Rolex. Yeah. It's north of there, but it's still in the in the realm of they're they're in in the door is a little bit north of your MSRP in the door of of these other brands. But truly, what you're paying is right in the neighborhood. Yeah, you, you know, I wonder with a company like Zenith, you're still getting sort of mass production type mm-hmm. of of production so you're not getting anything truly hand finished you might get some hand finishing on this movement i'm not 100 percent on that but you're, you're still getting a mass-produced watch which i think it's it's a little uh at some point you have to um you know make a decision like if you're going to be spending a a, a a small fortune on a watch what is it what are the things you actually want so it's this is a weird space, kind of like you you were talking about earlier, Andrew. It's a little bit of a, a awkward place to buy a watch. It's it's not enough money to get hand finishing, anything truly hot, but it is right there where you're going to get top of the line, mass produced watch watch technology. Yeah, and it's a little too much to get into the like twelve to fifteen hundred dollar range that has like really good watches because you're yeah. like, I'm not going to leave eight thousand dollars on the table. <laughs> yeah okay i wonder what these watches go for at an ad uh 9800 like at the world of wonders or wherever you're looking at it at it's eleven thousand yeah, dollars on the mine. website and I, I think you're at about 11 for the sport at an ad before discounts or whatever they're given you know yeah yeah that's what i mean i wonder what kind of discounts you could get i, I wonder if it I bet you're getting it at ninety nine ninety nine thousand ninety five. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Prestige Time has my Zenith for eighty five hundred available today. Yeah, now you're now you're in like you're gonna get a nice Croc strap for that thing too. It's not Mm -hmm. just CNS Nados for you. (laughs) Yeah, we got some money left over. (laughs) All right, Everett, pick number two. Let's hear it. Fair warning. I've already told you guys that you're going to hate this pick. But I love it. But I love it. Of course you do. I picked for my second watch. So I really wanted something dressy for my second watch. I'm a huge fan of, as you guys know, the Chopard Alpine Eagle. Mm -hmm. Um, But I couldn't get it in the budget. I couldn't get it in the budget. So... I found what I think, what I thought at the time I picked it was the next best thing. And as I've explored this watch, it may actually be stealing personal Everett market share from the Alpine Eagle. This is the Piaget Polo S. So Piaget has made a watch since the, so Piaget, obviously Famous jewelry company also also got some watch chops. Mm-hmm. They have Piaget since the late seventies been making a sport watch called the Polo. This watch was designed by the name the company namesake, um, 
And it was, if you look at the original 70s and 80s polos, this is very much of the time. The Polo S came out, I think, in 2016. And when it came out... You are correct. When it came out, there was a little bit of sort of general grumbling. You know, okay, this is a Nautilus look like. Um, Mm. You you know, just some grumbling. I, I will say, if you go back and look at Piaget's catalog, they're drawing on, A, the lineage of the Piaget, or the of the Polo, but also some of the other watches in their collection, in particular the Imperador. Mm-hmm. With that said, it's it's undeniable that they that there was an aesthetic that they were after with this, and that aesthetic was the Nautilus. It, you you just you'd be a fool to try to deny it, and I can't imagine even Piaget would deny it. <coughs> what you get, however, for a street value, I could find nine thousand dollars, eight thousand eight hundred ninety five dollars for this is a really, really, really gorgeous case. Piaget, typically a precious metal company. Mm -hmm. I think currently this is their only steel watch. So the finishing is just, even from a distance, stunning. You're getting a great size. I think these are 42 millimeters, but 9.4 thick. So you're getting kind of a big watch. Short lug to lug, 36 and half lug to lug, and 9.4 millimeters of thickness. This watch is going to wear like a super premium. Here you go, 36. I mean, it's going to wear super small. That's right. They, they're not using an in-house movement for this. They call it, I think, uh, a manufacturer caliber. But actually what it is is a Cartier movement, the MC1904 movement, which is a chronometer-capable movement, Edicron uh, adjustment, um, just super high-end chronometer grade balance that can be adjusted by, you know, any watchmaker to be in cost spec. Uh, and, and, and the movement's been finished, so they've taken this Cartier movement and finished it beyond anything that Cartier does with it. Yeah. Um, hundred meters of water resistance. So a true sport dress sport watch, um, great dimensions. And the, and the bracelet is really stunning. I'll say there's one thing I don't like about the bracelet, which is there's no taper. No, you don't. It, I was going to think it was a butterfly clasp. Uh, and I don't like the butterfly clasp. So you've got a 21 millimeter to 21 millimeter bracelet, which I think Ooh. is going to be a little awkward. It's going to be heavy. Um, and, and a butterfly clasp. However, the finishing on the bracelet and the clasp from what I can see is better than anything else under $10,000. This is a truly high end, uh, Piaget being really a jewelry maker. This is a jewelry grade piece of, of horology with a really dope spec on it. I love it. I think for nine grand, if you can find this thing for nine grand, you link, get it on Jumbo shop right now for nine grand link in the show notes. Uh, Boom. man, I, I love it. The I love it. on the on like the one thirty of the bezel mm-hmm. is dope. It almost creates like a heart shaped bezel without being heart shaped. It's still very yeah. square, very nautilus mm-hmm. square. But the angles that they create with the beveling across that bezel is kind, dope. Kind of a TV dial 
Um, yeah. True to Piaget's historical catalog. Um, as much as this watch is clearly meant to capture some of that Nautilus market share, I think Piaget has done a really good job. And also just, this is our watch. Yeah, it kind of looks like that watch, but this is actually our watch. The uh, So this watch is something I came across and moved on from because their website has it at about 12 grand. Right. Yeah. And I didn't think to find watches that I liked and, and bargain hunt for them, which is kind of your M.O., I'm a Whenever we hunter. do these prices, you're like, all right, I found this on eBay. There's three of them, which means you can get them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I would be very curious to put the finishing of this up against the JLC that I picked because when I was doing some research on the Polaris, everyone talks about the case finishing on it. Yeah. How just bonkers good it is. I think that that's both of these companies' games. I, I, I yeah. was really, I was really yeah. happy to see that you went with the JLC because I w- was looking at that same watch for the same reasons. Everybody says, "Hey, look, you're gonna get this and just be blown away." Well, I think that's unique to. I mean, JLC does a really uniquely good job as a watch company finishing watches, but Piaget and Cartier both make sense. Piaget and Cartier are both jewelry companies who also happen to make watches, and because of that, their finishing is fucking phenomenal i think you see that comparison a lot piaget cartier and also chopard get, yeah gets dumped into there too yeah because that's what they do they I, make jewelry uh, I, this is a jewelry piece that has also got some watch chops and is dope yeah i don't hate this pick as much as you think i do ever no i'm i'm down <laughs> with man I, that's i would never buy this watch for myself in a million years but this watch, I can see hanging out on your wrist. Do feel free to buy it forever. It. I won't. Uh, yeah, no. that would be fine. Will. No. <laughs> uh, listen, listeners, um, <laughs> you need to up the Patreon contributions if that's going to happen <laughs> by ten million percent. But yeah. everyone's going to have to double their contributions for the next three years. It's totally non-obligatory, but definitely mandatory. I, I will say, you know, I didn't expect this episode to change my plans for watch purchases in the next, you know, five years. And and I don't think it has. I I have said, you got some questions about the AE now, huh? I have said that an Alpine Eagle, I'm going to, I'm going to purchase an Alpine Eagle at some point. I want to try this Piaget on before I do that at this point. I know I love the Alpine Eagle. This watch does similar things. Um, and I just I need to try it on. I think I won't like the bracelet. And I'll tell you, if I could have you found won't. an if I could have found an Alpine Eagle under ten thousand dollars, that would have been my choice here. But I'm really, really enamored by this watch. Find a guy who ran it over with his lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that's actually I like this more than the Alpine Eagle. You do. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, that's interesting to me too. This is a good segue for mine. Let's do it. So my first pick is home watches women's watches on the Cartier website because the Cartier Santos medium is on their website as a women's watch. It's perfectly sized. I think we've all, Will, you've had a medium on your wrist before, right? That's, uh, I don't remember what size it was. So the San- I'm pretty sure it was a medium. The Santos medium is perfect. I know mm-hmm. you've worn one because we mm-hmm. worn it at the same time. So it's the Santos de Cartier watch. It's the medium size. 
the Santos watch medium model. First, is, is first ever wristwatch. Yes. First ever rich one, wristwatch, first pilot's watch. It is insane to me that this is only 6,800 bucks. That this watch hasn't been able to keep Cartier prices way north of that just with the horology chops. But this is my first pick and, and it's my first pick for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's a true sport watch, right? 10 bars of water resistance. On a bracelet, three hand movement. It's a no date, but this is very much a go anywhere, do anything. It's got the water resistance. It's got a square case, so it's a little bit dressy. On a bracelet, it's very sporty. Mm-hmm. It's got the, oh, what's the jewel I'm looking for? The blue jewel. Is, it, is that Topaz? Maybe. Sapphire. sapphire it's got sapphire on the crown it's very decorated it's coming from a jewelry company it's finishing is off the hook so this is it this is the cornerstone of my two watch collection i dig it let man. you spin it around on their website yeah you can just <laughs> spin this thing around forever oh, take, I've, take I've, it for a spin i've been spinning it for a long time but 100 meters of yeah, water I'm resistance. Sign, I'm going to sign off from the show, guys, and just spin this thing around for a while. I've, See you later. I've had a lot of private time with <laughs> it. Have a good night, Will. Spin mode. Um, but 100 meters of water resistance for a dressable watch like this is kind of unheard of. Yeah. Right? This is, yep. I mean, by modern standards, a dress watch. Yeah, I think n- so. But it's not. It's a pure to its core sport watch. And I, the Roman numerals really help in the dressiness, the kind of the super plain dial outside of the Roman numerals really help with that. But the heat blued hands, it's just, it's fucking gorgeous. We all know the Santos. We all love it. This is my first pick and it's my cornerstone. You you know, when this is the, this is the only watch with Roman numerals that I like because it just works for some reason. And they put the Cartier text in it. It's on the, in the V, uh, the, you know, the V of the seven, yeah, which is so cool. Uh, you know, I, it's the only, only watch with Roman numerals that I like. The, the tank and the reverso are, are two watches. I mean, basically Cartier's line is where I take issue with I that. Wouldn't, I but, wouldn't kick a crash out of bed. I'm just oh saying. Oh, God, I would. I, I, <laughs> I'd do some bad things to a crash. I just could never justify buying a crash because no, it's so can. obscure. Um, but the reverso is dope. Um, but the the Santos is, is is like really just peak shit for me, so it had to be my pick, and yeah. it's it's my my first pick. And then this is what well, it's, and and I'll just say, look before you move on, I'll just say this watch was on my list, and, and I couldn't do it because it felt like if this is walk away and it's I'm spending someone else's money, I can't I can't leave four grand uh, or three and a half grand on the th- table. I just can't do it. That was hard for me. Yeah. Right. But I think that's kind of where the diminishing return conversation comes into this. And we don't have enough time to really have it. But I was comfortable leaving money on the table. I pretended I was spending Will's money and I'm, I was not comfortable leaving it on the table. I, I'm comfortable leaving money on the yeah. table. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through a couple watches that I considered. Okay. okay. Do it. Wait, hold on. Before you do that, before you do that, you could go for the two-tone and spend $9,950. There you go. I don't want the two-tone. 
I don't want it, but I appreciate your input. I'd buy the two-tone. I tried the two-tone on when we were in, when I was in New York. I, I went to the boutique with Debbie and we tried on watches for an hour and it's my only boutique experience ever. And it was. I want to go on a boutique, boutique date with Debbie also. Yeah. Yeah, you should. She's ter- the, a terrific boutique date. Guys, or the chronograph, which is apparently a mono pusher. I don't want that. I don't want that. Will, stop. Okay, so <laughs> my my next pick, and this is, I was I was kind of settled on this pick. It was the Porsche Design Chronograph 1, mm-hmm. all black. They're available, mm-hmm. they're available for pre-order now. Just, just announced, just re-released. 96.50. And this is the, the, the Orfina, right? This is the 1972. This, this is, is the Top it. Gun watch. This is the shit. It's all blacked out. It's fucking beautiful. I love it. It's a chronograph, 9,600 bucks. And I'm like, man, I've filled that out. I've left less money on the table. But I was like, I felt uncomfortable. And this is the watch I texted you guys. And I was like, I feel I th- I'm not sold on this because it's not, I don't feel like I'm, even if I'm spending Will's money or if I'm spending your money, I'm like, I, I don't know. This doesn't do it for me. I, I thought about the, uh, the Blanc Bond 50,000, 50 fathoms, right? Yeah. We're at another 10 grand. Yeah, We're at another beautiful dive watch. And I love mm-hmm. it. But it's just, it's not it. Real talk, though, when we first did this exercise and we didn't fully exclude subsidiaries, the Pelagos was my second watch pick. With all that money on the table, I'm talking Santos and Pelagos. That's my two watches. Walk away. I can dig it. All that being said, my second pick, the Doxa 300T Caribbean. Really? That's my second pick because it's such a perfect compliment to the Santos. Four grand? Uh, If. If. 3,500? Yeah. I don't, hang on, back up. Back up. It's a great, it's a great pick, and I it, love two thousand eighteen ninety for the three hundred T in blue. That's my pick. That's your walk away dive watch with a ten thousand dollar budget. This is my compliment to the Santos. It gives me all the tool watch, like not dressy, not sport capabilities that I want. That complements the Santos. I don't need a chronograph. I would like a chronograph. But I don't need one. That's a third watch. I'm totally good with the Santos and a diver. Leaving, what are we at? A full $10,000 on the table? Will you get to go to Disneyland again this year? Sweet. That's it. <laughs> like, I, I, Thanks, like, Andrew. I struggled with that choice. That money. I, like, I was, I'm struggling with that choice because I want to spend more. But these are the watches that... I want at under $10,000. Maybe that'll change. But I'm totally good with the Santos and a 300T. Which is a great watch. It's a watch we've talked about on the show quite a few times, so we don't need to belabor it. Uh, let me let me ask you both a question, because I know what my answer is to this question. So if you could swap one of these watches with a readily available but 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 previously exempted watch. So we're talking Seiko Omega, Rolex and subsidiaries. Do you no. know exactly what it would be? 
Andrew? Snowflake Explorer. Okay. That, and MSRP values, right? Because we're not getting under 10 grand for actual value, but Snowflake Explorer, we're getting it under 10 grand each. Will? Um, if they ever decide to make it a little bit smaller, the Speedmaster Racing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. I just wish it was, I wish it was, I wish it was in the regular Speedmaster Pro case. Yeah. Because it's for 44 on that guy, right? Yeah, they made it big. For yeah, some it's, it, it's, it's big. Did they, did they thin it out, though? Did they slab it? Or is it just fatter? I, um, I'm trying to remember. I, I, last time I saw one was a few years ago. I don't remember what the sides of it looked like. Um, Watching my wrist used to have one. And I think he got rid of it because he said it was big ass Too watch. big, I know for me, um, you can get a black dial explorer <clears throat> for under 10, ten grand, or not explorer, a black dial op for under ten grand, and I think that would be that would be thirty six yeah. thirty six millimeter black dial op, brand new, ninety five hundred. You can buy them, yeah, you can buy them today. So theoretically, um, if you go to an ad and wait three years, no, not an ad. I mean, they're less than that. Ad, it's like a six thousand dollar watch, but you can buy them gray market. For under ten grand, yeah, yeah, brand new I, box and papers. I wonder, I wonder if this exercise would be fun to do again, but with, would you take one ten thousand dollar watch or two five thousand dollar watches? And I think I know which way Andrew would go. Yeah, <laughs> pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. I think I know which way I'd go. Do you, I don't know which way. I don't know. I go both I think, ways, and that's the problem. Yeah. I'm so happy with the Speedmaster. <laughs> I'm so happy with the Speedmaster as a chronograph that I feel pretty confident I could find a second watch for $5,000 that would do the things I needed <coughs> it, it to do. I'm wearing it, actually. If, if, it, yeah, you are. The Monta Triumph, right? I, this yeah. Every time I look at one of these 9.5-millimeter steel sport watches, I come back to the Triumph, and I'm like... This does that. Uh, obviously, you don't get the same sort of cachet or whatever, but yeah. give me. I would, Everett, you probably know this because I, I feel the same way about my Speedmaster. And if I had to pick a second watch to go with it and ditch everything else, it would be the Black Bay 58. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just such a great watch, right? Would you go blue yeah, again? Love it. Yep. Yeah. The only, the only way I'd ever ditch the blue is if they came out with a. Regular black dial white loom plots. Yeah. I don't think they will, though. No. The new Ranger, though, is, uh, I don't know, that's a dangerous watch. So so, so our, um, our friend Henry, who's local to Eugene, has in the last yeah. two weeks picked up, uh, so Pacific North Watch on Instagram, in the last, I don't know, month, has picked up a Ranger and a blue dial BB-58. I am... I'm curious to see what more people think about the Ranger because um, the 12 and 60 guys did a review of it and were really not a fan. They said it was kind of boring, didn't really see the point of it. So I'm interested to see as more reviews come out. That's going to be a really what, glowing what review think. from the 40 and 20 guys because more boring is more better yeah, for it, us. It's totally boring, which yeah. is the appeal of that watch. Yep. It's, it's a sport watch for... Or sorry, a tool watch for people who want a tool watch. I want a number two Phillips driver. I don't want anything special. Yeah, three inch yeah. shank. 
Yes, that's it. <laughs> uh, while we're on the topic of our uh, this, though, before we move on, um, I asked Frank what his two watches would be because I wanted to uh, oh. get our senior writer in on this. And his his picks were very interesting, and he did not get anywhere near the budget. Neither did I. I had to. I, I well, wait till you hear it. I almost had to check with him. Like, dude, you realize how much the watches you pick cost, right? <laughs> um, so his first one was the Cassioke, the Bluetooth version. Okay. <laughs> I think he's taking a piss. I to, I, and the second was the uh, Harage Supersede in white. How much is that? Uh, they are, I want to say three. You, you know, that's actually... Uh, look this up before the show. That watch is a little bit of a sleeper, I think. Because... Her, yeah, it's it's cool. Horage is a really... Uh, a, a pretty interesting company. I don't... Uh, I don't love all the aesthetics on this watch, but... You get you get some really interesting you get some really interesting stuff with this watch. The the movement finishing, I think, more than anything, is just kind of mind blowing to me. So they're they're five thousand, a little under five thousand on pre order. Full retail is sixty five hundred. Yeah, that's it. So he he upped his budget on that one, but not by he, much. He's a you know he he goes he goes out and hiking and diving and all that shit so i could i guess the casio kind of makes sense uh, i think he's uh, taking no, a piss he, with he, the casio yeah, i don't do believe a, him he can do a lot there's something better than that i i think he's, the, uh, I think he's uh, all right all right he like can that. he can do the casio duro that's what he can do <laughs> he, he, we'll just we'll, we'll sub in um uh one of the mr g's like yeah. all steals yeah we'll him. we'll just give him a third watch like dude you can get another <clears throat> Yeah, you don't have to. You, you're not poor. This is our money. This isn't yeah. your money. It's Will's. It's Will's money. That makes me Frank. feel better about yeah. my twelve thousand dollar shortage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You this at least you like didn't get a Cassie Oak. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I did get an Ollie steel. Oh uh, yeah. Case and bracelet set for, for your my fifty six hundred, and. I was, I, I don't know. I, it was a bit of a flyer. I got a new 5,600 for it. I got the, it was a hundred bucks all said and done for the, for the watch and for the Ollie steel case and bracelet set. Watch shows up. I wear it I'm like, eh, whatever. I know what a 5,600 feels like. The case and bracelet shows up. I put it on and get it sized, which is a little bit of a pain in the dick, but I get it sized. I'm like, uh-oh. It's all branded off of Ollie, which is always shocking to me when you get things off of AliExpress when it's actually branded. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's like this, am I buying counterfeit goods or am I buying out the back door goods? Don't ask too many questions. I don't ask too many questions. That's what happened with that moon swatch that I thought was unbranded and was just a straight up replica and I felt bad about it after I got it. Straight branded <laughs> and looks good. But that's the Ollie My thing. My three-year-old wears it now because I was like, I'm not going to wear uh, this thing out. You don't ask questions. But I got it and I put it on. And I was like, this is the weight that I want. Yeah. This is like the, this, this, this. I dig it. Can confirm fit and finish and everything. That that thing is pretty crazy. It's, it's really good. Bit, it's a little more polished than I'd like. Yeah. But I think it'll, I think it'll wear. I think, I think some time will like break it in really nicely. I think that's gonna, something that's going to patina really well. 
but can confirm the Ali steel case and bracelet sets for your 5600s are worth the money. Link will be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll link it. So we did it. Once again, you guys, we've done it. We've mastered the world of watches in this brief segment. Moving on, other things. Will, Editor-in-Chief, Daddy, what do you got? It's a show that I've started watching three separate times. I've watched the first episode all the way through three times and was like, I need to keep I need to keep going with this. And I kept crapping out and other things came up. Finally decided to start watching and get all the way through it. And I just finished the first season, Succession, on HBO. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, it is such a good show. I'm so happy that I decided to watch it again and again and then finally make it through because it is really worth it. It's just everybody sucks so bad. Oh, yeah. And you just want all the horrible things to happen to these people. But it's like... um, it's like watching like, you know, Dexter or something like that, where it's like, I, I, I got to root for you a little bit because I need someone to root for. I'm just going to be depressed. But then in the <laughs> same episode, you can be like, man, I kind of hope you get hit by a car or something. It's <laughs> the peak of anti-hero TV, right? Yeah. We're seeing kind of the downtrend yeah. of that. But that was that was right at the back end of the of the peak of anti-hero yeah. TV, like Breaking Bad and all yeah. that kind of stuff. You, you know they did they they've done a really I think phenomenal job with casting on that show. Uh, Kieran Culkin in particular, just mm-hmm. I, I mean, really, really a, a very good actor. Um, it, all the characters in that show have these moments of I don't know I, I don't know I, could you call it acting brilliance? I mean, there's moments in almost every single episode where that that the humor is quick. Um, but the emotions are really heavy. I, I I really like that show, even though I'm with you, Will. I hate all of those characters. I hate them all. There, there's nobody yep. good in that show. That's the no. point. That's and the point of the show. It's all people you yeah. ought to hate, but you're rooting for them anyway. Even like even like the the secondary characters that are kind of comic relief or or emotional relief. You know, so I'm thinking of Greg and Jerry. Yeah. Fuck Greg and Jerry. The. <laughs> You both, both of them. I think there's moments when you think, okay, this character is kind of bringing it back. They've got some morals, they've got some ethics, and then they and and no, no, no. That actually, they. This don't. is on the back end of Sons of Anarchy, of The Walking Dead, of Breaking Bad, of fucking <laughs> Dexter, where we lived in a world where we were rooting for serial killers and gangsters. That fell on the floor. But we lived in this world of rooting for, like, the most villainous people. And this is right at the tail end of that. Where it's like, we need to give them a little bit of redeeming qualities. Not enough to redeem them, but just enough that you're like, we're people. It's okay. So, great pick. Makes me wonder if I would be that big of a jerk if I was that rich. You probably you I would be. You definitely would be. You would be. Yeah. We all yeah. would be. Yeah. Uh, great pick, Will. Uh, did you say you're you're through season one? Yep, just finished it. And I think we've got four seasons, four or five seasons at this point. I think it's four. I think it's four. I'm open to being wrong though. Yeah, and and so we've just finished 
we've just finished the last season in the last couple of months. Uh, Adrian Brody makes an appearance in season four. Really great character. One of the most underrated actors yeah. of our time. Yeah. Yeah. So something to look forward to. Um, Andrew, Andrew, other things, what do you got? Ooh, so mine's not a particularly new <coughs> other thing. Okay. But it's another thing that I think is worth mentioning. Yeah. I, on, I think, opening weekend, went and saw Jurassic World yes. Dominion. Oh, man, what a stinker of a movie. Fuck off. Uh, so my <laughs> seven-year-old, Mark, calls it Jurassic World The Minion. The Minion, I like the that. The Minion. With, so I love Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, the OG, the first one I watch once a month. Easy. <laughs> I, I literally just watched it tonight because I finished the book. And I've read the book several times. I've read a couple, like the, I mean, <laughs> that book makes you think Crichton's going to be a really good writer. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's whatever. Which, which he turns out not to. Yeah. Uh, he, he had a really great idea once. And it panned out. And that's like most of us, right? We have a really good idea once. And the lightning does not strike twice. I'm still waiting for mine. Uh, so I'm a big Jurassic Park guy. Like nerd to my core. Love dinosaurs. As a result of my childhood interaction with Jurassic Park. I introduced that to my seven-year-old who has subsequently come become a dinosaur nerd we went and saw jurassic park the minion in theaters and it it's not a theater necessary movie but i loved it the the new generation of jurassic park is new generation of movies right it's blockbuster movies it's all action all the time Story leaves you a little bit wanting, but there's just enough there to keep you there. The new trilogy. But you're going to get action. You're going to get dinosaurs and people. You're going to get dinosaurs and dinosaurs. And you're going to be thoroughly entertained. It was worth it in theaters. I, I have called that movie uh, Fast and the Furious with dinosaurs. That's yeah. perfect. That's appropriate, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and I was thinking about what the last movie I saw in theaters was. It was the last Jurassic Park. That's hilarious. And then when I thought about the movie I saw before that, it was also Jurassic Park. That's the only movie that I make time for to go to the movie theater to see is Jurassic Park. So some of my... Can we just... Can we just talk for a second, though, about just one thing about that movie? And this doesn't really spoil much, but how the main villain in that movie is the guy who had a single scene in the first movie. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, it, you know, you can tell that this, this second trilogy is amazingly perhaps even less well thought out than the first trilogy. I don't know. I, and maybe not less fun as a result, just less thought out. No, it's very, all very entertaining. I love that character arc. I love that this super minor character who you saw briefly, who meant nothing is the like like the ultimate super villain and he has a beautiful story arc i think i think he does i think he's got this really great arc that comes to like solution right to to resolution and not just like oh well he's still a villain i'm a little bummed they seemed to close out the franchise 
I don't expect it is closed out, but they did seem to close the franchise with this movie. It's kind of bummed. They closed the the world franchise. I think that if they resurrect it, it might be a reboot or something. It, perhaps, which w- this this resurrection was, but I dug it. This holds true to all the dinosaur shit you want of the original franchise of the original movie. The original franchise is a little, but I'd like to see them go back and do the original closer to the book because that shit was straight horror. Oh, yeah. dude, if, scary! If when you think about books from that era or and even earlier, if they were to do those movies now, like the first one that comes to mind for me is Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers is one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. Yep. It's wholly different than the book. If they were to do Starship Troopers now and keep it true to the book, it wouldn't be better than the first Starship Troopers because that's its own thing. It would be a terrific movie. Yep. My daughter has just um, been reading the book. I think actually, Will, you and her must have started at a similar time, but... Um, yep. She she's still reading it. She's she's ten, right? So so she she reads a little bit slower, but she's uh, expressed to me that she kind of wanted to back away from it for a few nights because, like, ah, it's it's a little intense, and I feel like she, you know, my daughter is is ten years old, going on you know twenty is the cliche or the trope or whatever, but. She, she is that way. So she thinks she's really mature. And, and, and in some ways she is. She had the sort of wherewithal to come to me and say, I, I need to, I, I can't read this. I need to give myself a little bit of a break from it. Put it in the freezer, as it were, because it's just in the amber. It's just kind of scaring me. So it's, no, it's fucking scary. It yeah, it's it's a it's a horror novel. It is. Yeah. So I've got another thing. Do me. <clears throat> it's a podcast. Is it ours? It is a podcast called 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker Podcast, which is something I found when I was browsing online. No, it's a podcast called... I was going to make a joke about how I was going to do a Coleman stove, uh, but that's not funny. I, I would have loved for you to do your Coleman stove <laughs> for a third time, twice in consecutive <laughs> weeks. Uh, I do apologize that I didn't link to the exact minute of the verbatim... <laughs> endorsement of the coleman that's how you know it's true man that's how you know it's true i I, you know two summers (laughs) apart had the same experience uh so we um i started listening to a podcast called witnessed friendly fire if you've ever listened to the borderlands witnessed borderlands podcast this is it's it's sort of a true crime sort of in the in the vein of this american life or perhaps even Radio Lab, you know, the, the modern, highly produced investigative journalism type of podcast. Uh, this Friendly Fire, Witnessed Friendly Fire, is I think you can get all the episodes now. However, if you go, I think Apple's maybe got like a bundled podcast thing where you can get all the unreleased stuff. However, if you're just like me on Pocket Cast, we're on episode seven of I think 11 episodes. It's a story about a police officer in a small in a small town uh, who gets shot by his who gets shot by his partner, uh, and it, it's reported as a, an accident. And there's never you know the investigation kind of also determines that it's an accident. But 
you then learn, well, actually, there's a lot to this. So takes place in Scott County, Tennessee is the name of the county. Um, and, and, you know, like any good investigative journalism podcast, they're revealing the story in a compelling way. The storytelling's done really well. The production is really good. But I these come out on Monday morning for me. Maybe they come out on Saturday or Sunday or something. But Monday morning is when I refresh my podcast feed. And it's always there, 45 minutes to an hour episodes. And I'm like hooked. I'm hooked. Monday morning, I'm refreshing so I can listen to this thing. Uh, really, really good. Sean Flynn is the name of the reporter. He's actually from Scott County. And I think he reported this story when it happened, maybe 15 or 16 years ago. And he's now revisiting it based on the additional information that's come forward. Spoiler alert, the the shooter, the shooter has some problems. <laughs> but we're talking about law enforcement conspiracies, um, all all the stuff, all the stuff. And it's just really, really good. You know, like all true crime, it's it feels a little pulpy, it feels a little uh, it's a guilty pleasure, perhaps, but totally enjoyable, recommended, witnessed, friendly fire podcast. America. I, it. I looked it up. Looks good. I looked it up, too. It's in the show notes. Highly recommended. Do it. Uh, Will, thanks for joining us. Anything you want to add before uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, my camera's still broke. Oh, my God. So when what, do you have to turn your loaner in? Uh, I... Message Sony Pro Services, and I said, um, it's going to take a while, apparently. Can I just keep this until I get it back? And they said, sure. So I've got my loaner until I get my camera back. So there's some silver lining there. That's Did you say they awesome. sent you an R4, or, or is it just the same camera? Yeah, A7R4. Um, I requested my same camera, um, but they didn't have any loaners of that. So they gave me a couple options and it was like an a7 three an a7 r3 and an a7 r4 and i was like we'll just give me the r4 yeah <laughs> duh but, why is that even a choice yeah are, uh, are you having any but it made me are you having any storage issues no um because i am being conscious of what i'm doing because i realize how big the files are yeah uh if i was shooting all willy-nilly like i usually do i'd, I'd probably be running out of hard drive space real quick so 46 mil, uh 46 megapixels on that is that right something like that something yeah, it's, something it's, ridiculous how much bigger are the files uh i i looked when i first got it i think i think the photos are like 100 megabytes bigger or something like that or maybe that's the video files i don't remember it's something stupid it, it's a lot of data that's yeah. big yeah. Are, are you <laughs> is there anything about the r4 versus the four that is making you feel like you want the bigger, better, badder pro spec camera? No, I, I don't want the R4 at all. It's got the old Sony menu system, which oh, after sure. using the A7IV's menu system, I, I hate the R4's menu. And there's a couple like quirky things about it that I just, I don't know, I just don't like. I just find, and maybe it's, it's probably just because I'm used to the A7IV now that I'm just like, I just want my camera back. Please fix it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have they, so. have they told you what happened? I mean, did the sensor just fail? I'm assuming that that's what it is because uh I did get an email from the repair company that 
they ordered parts and I'm assuming if it was just like the shutter or some other the screen or something like that, I'm sure they would have that stuff in stock. No, it wasn't yeah, the screen. I think the sensor, was, that was pretty apparent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the sensor got fried. I know that early on there were some overheating issues with the a seven fours. And I wonder if maybe mine was caught up in that. Yeah. And it just wasn't apparent until it just fried the sensor. You just had an early model and Yeah. Yeah, because I got it on release, so could have been. Yeah, so, something to look but, forward to. Will and I are yep. working on a camera recommendation post. It needs a little work. We we've got the the beginning draft that we've circulated, but we get a lot of requests for what what camera, oftentimes from beginners. You know, the, the person that asks that question is oftentimes like, I don't even know where to start. So we're working on. I'm ready to upgrade from my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right so we're working on an article if you're a beginning camera uh curious type of person we're working on a post that'll go on the website i, I don't know when probably in the next month or so oh well what, what we recommend and obviously these things are time dependent so it, it'll be good for a year or two before we need to update it but that's something to look forward to andrew anything you want to add before i don't have anything cool just bird poop on my window. <laughs> it, it is actually typical for you not to have anything cool to say. It's normal. It's my thing. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks for being here. This was fun. We'll, we'll, we'll have to do it again. Next, yes, sir. next time you want to tell us what show we're going to do for the week. Uh, and, and thank mm-hmm. you guys. Thank you guys for joining us for another, another episode of 40 and 20 Watch Clicker podcast. Uh, if you'd like, check us out on our website, watchclicker.com. We post multiple multiple articles and reviews per week and, and also every episode of this podcast. You can check Will out at Watch Clicker on Instagram and, and us at 40 and 20 on Instagram. If you want to support what we do at Watch Clicker, because hosting all these things, all these things that you probably have don't even think about, they all cost a lot of money. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20 that is one of the main ways we generate income for the things we do have to do for the show and the website and yeah and and don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye